Earners, what's going on? Listen, EYLU is relaunching, revamping, retooling. That's right, we're creating a new educational experience that's more expansive. Shari, tell me what we got. Yes, 2023. We got a lot in store, a lot planned for you guys. So you know that EYLU already includes monthly financial planning calls with me, book club calls with Troy, real estate calls with MG the Mortgage Guy, access to the home buying blueprint, volume one and volume two. Part of the revamp will include 27 local chapters from across the United States, live interactive teaching, hands-on, not just pre-recorded videos, plus 15 brand new curriculums. The biggest just got bigger. Head over to EYLUniversity.com. That's E-Y-L-U-N-I-V-E-R-S-I-T-Y.com. See you there. Earners, what's up? Look, as an entrepreneur, the dream is to earn a living doing what you love. But let's face it, turning that dream into reality is no small feat. That's where Kajabi steps in, transforming challenges into opportunities. I've been there, juggling every aspect of my business, wishing for a simpler way to diversify revenue and grow my brand. Then Kajabi changed the game. It's an all-in-one platform that empowered me to not just build, but thrive. With Kajabi, creating online courses, membership sites, and more became not just possible, but easy. And the best part? I kept 100% of what I earned, thanks to Kajabi's no-commission policy. But Kajabi isn't just about tools. It's about building a profitable business with the support of robust analytics, easy payment options, and customizable templates, all without needing a huge team or audience. Join me and thousands of entrepreneurs making six or seven figures on Kajabi, regardless of your audience size. If you're ready to turn your passion into profit, Kajabi is your next step to success. So what are you waiting for? Build, grow, and keep what you earn with Kajabi. Start your journey today. And right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash earn. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash earn. Kajabi.com slash earn. And join the entrepreneurs and creators who've made over $6 billion. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Head over there now. Earners, what's up? Look, this episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to NerdWallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your money. I can't front. The nerds have helped me get smarter about a few things, like planning my tax bills so that I don't dread April every year, or making a budget that's balanced, not just buying sneakers and fly clothes, or saving on travel because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night or maybe a five-star dinner. Or boosting my credit score, since we all know credit is like the real-life cheat code. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines can have on your life. You'll get the clarity you need to make smart decisions with confidence. Smart money is the smartest way to get even smarter about money. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you? Well, thank you. We got... A special, we got two special um, panels that we're going to host back to back. Yes. Of course, we have our friend Hill Harper here. Shout out to Hill. Yeah, and, and we were super intentional, right? It was like, yeah, we can bring people from all throughout the country, all throughout the world, really. But it was like, nah, if we come to Detroit, we got to do it the Detroit way. And so we got some Detroit legends. Hill Harper is here. We got my man, Ha Ha Davis is here. 
Of course. And we got my brother Ice with Vezo. Yeah. In the building as well. So we're going to have a very dope, you know, probably 45 minutes. We're going to mix it up with them. And um, we're going to have some fun, man. We're going to have some fun. So one of the legends from Detroit, somebody that has changed the game when it comes to social media, comedy, and then marketing and turned it into a business. You know, so many so many businesses was created on the iPhone, yep. including Earn Your Leisure. That's how we started on the iPhone. So never despise small beginnings because um, it can lead you all over the world. It can make you a lot of money. So one of the funniest people in the game right now and somebody that I've been watching for a long time, Detroit's own, make some noise for Ha Ha Davis. So, over 5 million followers on Instagram. Yeah. Something that, you know, you've curated massively. Yeah. How have you been able to turn social media following into, you know, a real tangible business for yourself? Um, it, social media changed my life. It, it gave me an opportunity to take care of my family. And on top of that, it gave a lot of us guys a, a voice who didn't have a voice before social media. So a lot of us who didn't have a way to uh, put our voice out there. Social media did that for us. Now, there's, there's a story of perseverance, man. Like, we've seen a lot of people do sketch comedy. We've seen a lot of people do stand-up comedy on the internet. Yeah. Most people can't transition into making it a successful career. Right. I saw a clip where you said that you have four million followers, but you weren't making any money. Right. Talk about that journey, because most people think Social media, instant gratification, I'm going to get it now, yep. I'm going to do it now. Yep. Talk about that process of, like, I'm gaining followers, but ain't no business coming behind it. Um, the thing with that is, like, fame, the fame came before the money came. Like, I ain't had no money. Like, I was in my mama's basement with 4 million followers, and uh, I was famous, but I ain't had no money. She was like, it's time to get a job. Like, my mama already famous. I can't be working at KFC. They're going to be like, can I get a picture? Or I got to holler one of my catchphrases. <laughs> But at that time, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? The month. <laughs> yeah, but people don't understand, like a lot of times you, you get the fame before you get the money, and that's what happened with my career. I was I had people that loved me across the world, but I didn't have no money in my bank account. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Gig some noise for Vezo just walked in. I swear Vezo. Yeah. Yeah. Love, bro. The legend himself. What's Detroit song. So my question's for you, bro. Um, let's talk about the music side. This is United Masters. You know, they always talk about music independence, right? Yeah. So Talk about you, your journey, owning your masters, different things of that nature. Man, I've been rapping for a long time since I was a shorty. You know what I'm saying? It took me a long time to get known, but it took me a e even more of a longer time to get some money in my pocket. You know what I mean? And what contributed to that was me being able to make the decisions that I wanted to make with my music. You know what I'm saying? That come with owning your masters and owning your catalog overall. It don't even matter how old a song is. You know, you can sell your entire catalog from for, full of songs that's 10 years old. You know what I'm saying? I, that, that's actually what, how I got my first million dollars, bro. I sold a bunch of songs, like all my old catalog, for a million bucks. That's when I seen my first M. You know what I mean? So even coming up in a you know in a game or whatever i knew it was important to to own my music and to own my masters and be able to make the decisions i just didn't know the significance of it like how far i could go with that and i seen firsthand you know what i mean so i think that is important when you're making music and you you catch a buzz you catch a wave make sure you keep that that's it that, that's extremely important it's gonna come in handy you know what i mean it did for me and i know it do for a lot of other artists yeah let, let's talk about the city of detroit man you're both from here and a lot of times in entertainment i mean we come from new york so people say hey you got to go to a big city to do it right especially in comedy definitely entertainment was like we got to make it big in new york or we got to make it big in la y'all have managed to 
keep this loyalty to this beautiful city. Talk about being successful where you are and then tra translating to the world. Definitely. Uh, for me, I think like Detroit, just a hustling city. You know, we just we just learn how to hustle for real. Two people clap. She's yeah. one of them. <laughs> She's a hustler. Yeah, like Detroit is a hustling city, and like uh, Vezo, like he, he a real entrepreneur, and he always giving back. He always doing the, the, the philanthropy part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's very important. Uh, doing the philanthropy part of this. You know, what I mean, I feel like that's why you were able to come home and always receive that love because of the simple fact he always giving back. So I think it's really just the hustling side of it for real. Yeah. I agree with him on that. It's it's just the it's the hustling side, you know what I mean? Detroit folks always been like hella ambitious. You know what I mean? That's stuck with us since the beginning of time. You even look at Barry Gordy and what Motown them did. You know, they he kicked it off. He gave us the blueprint of how to even, you know what I mean, run a label and stick true to, to your sound and what you what you got going on. You know, at the time when them dudes was making them making that music, the rest of the world wasn't really making them type of songs. Especially like uh, when the Temptations got them making songs like Psychedelic Shack and all that, you know, them sticking to their sound played a part in that shit being big, you know. So I think it don't matter where you from, though, wherever you from, I think it's important you stay stay true to your roots. You know, it's gonna always it's gonna win in the end. Brother, let me ask you a question. So you was an independent artist, then you went to a major, then back to indie, right? Uh, so talk about your journey. What's the difference? I'm sure there's artists here. What's the advantages of being independent? What's the advantages of being on the major? And, you know, what's your perspective on seeing both sides of the coin? So the first time, I'm going to be 100, I signed to a major label because I needed some money. You know what I'm saying? I had just came home from prison or whatever. But so to a rapper, signing to a major label is like a, a basketball player going to the NBA. That's what it felt like to us, having a major deal. However, it's two totally different things. You know, I had it in my mind that once I go to a major label, I'm gone, I'm out, I'm, I'm out. It's, it's over. I made it, I'm gonna be big. But it don't work like that. Unfortunately, you still gotta put the exact same grind in, the same hustle, if not even more. And it's, it's less beneficial financially. You know, it make more sense to stay independent, especially if you're a hustler. How, talk about the transition. Social media has played a big role in your career. Yeah. I mean, I remember Vine was a thing. Yeah, for sure it was. And you were big on Vine. Yeah. And then Vine no longer existed and Instagram became something that you had to use. Talk about studying social media and using it to your advantage. Definitely. Yeah, Vine, like, it was only six-second video. That's why I talk fast to this day because you, <laughs> you had to be funny in six seconds. So that's why I still talk fast. Yeah. But uh, social media, I just learned what my fan base wanted. Like, I just kept beating certain things into their head. Like, some people might love the guard. Some might love finna be a breeze. Some, like, beyond me. But I always had, I was a catchphrase king. Whether you thought I was the funniest guy or not, people just gravitated to certain things that I was doing from my catchphrase. So I just studied the fans. And once I realized what it was that they wanted, I just kept on doing it. And then the followers just kept on building up from that. Yeah, I got a quick follow-up on that. Because when I'm listening to Vezone, he's like, I made that first million dollars or I signed my contract. Being on social media, what what was the moment? Was it like I saw somebody post me? Like, because at this point, I feel like you might be running Snoop Dogg's page. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, Snoop Dogg. He just he just a genuine person. He taught me that how to be genuine. Like he just always showed me that love since 2015. But yeah, it was Snoop Dogg that really took my career to the next level for sure. Definitely. Like he found me in 2015, came out to the east side of Detroit, and ever since then he's been rocking with me. Yeah.
Vezel, let me ask you this. As far as you talked about, it's more beneficial to be an independent artist, but what are some things that people don't really think about when they think that, you know, they're going independent? I know you got to promote your music yourself. You got you to put a lot of money into it. You got to invest in it. So Absolutely. what are some things that people might not be considering on the independent side? I mean, the mo most important part is what you said. You have to spend that money. You got to, you really genuinely got to invest in yourself. You know what I mean? If you spend a little bit, you gonna, that's what you're going to get out of it. If you spend way more, you spend a lot of money, you're going to get a lot out of it. But it's more than just dumping a bunch of money in there. You got to put the work ethic behind it. And you can't spend money frivolously. You know what I mean? You got to you gotta make sure everything adding up, making sense. I really thought that it was going to be a, a huge difference signing to a major. But honestly, bro, it, it, it wasn't. You know what I mean? Like everything a major do is huge. They do it big. They, you know, they they go in all the way. But that only come after the artist put that first part of their grind in, put that initial grind in. And I feel like at that point, once you do the legwork to where you got a brand and you got a name and you making a couple dollars, it, it really don't make sense to go to a major. Certain artists, yes, it makes sense. Like for me, I think like R&B artists or rock artists and pop artists, it makes sense for them to be with majors. But people that's in my type of genre the music i make it's, it's really no difference you know what i mean it's the same amount of work however you just coming out of your own pocket but when you make the money back you're seeing way more than what you would have made back if you wasn't investing your own cheese so like what's what's the most beneficial way to spend money like is it to pay djs is it to like how is it a feature is it a producer like what do you think the most beneficial way to for an artist to spend their money without a doubt is marketing period you know i think you need to get a team around you and you got to pay the folks you got around you you know you get you a, a, a big strong team around you and everybody work everybody attack what they good at you know and, and go go with whatever they attribute is and you dump the money into the people around you and let them do the work you know all while you're doing the work as well but for sure it's marketing pr promotion you know that's that's the main thing ha, ha, let, i'm talking let's talk about Creating the skit, yeah, right. Because I watched them, the voiceovers. It takes time, man. Let's talk about the, the amount of work that goes into you creating, right? Is it something that you're doing every day? Is it something that you're sitting down, you're writing it, or you're working with writers? How, what is that process like for you? Uh, to be honest, I, I've never written a skit. I like, I really just cut the camera on and I just go. But uh, like, if I'm getting ready to be on the road for a while, and I know I'm getting ready to go on tour or something, I, I film five to ten skits or twenty skits that I can just put up while I'm on the road. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I ain't putting nothing up in five or six days. I know the people want to see something, I just put that out. Mm -hmm. But um, the process that go into it is really just me cutting on the camera. I mean, the, the voiceovers is probably the hardest work. It, it's probably like a, it's probably awkward because a lot of the videos be silent, <laughs> and then they be like, "What are you doing?" But then I gotta put the voiceover on, so it's kind of it's like an awkward humor, but. Once I put the voiceover on it, it, it come to life. You've become a full director when you Absolutely. look at some of these skits. Definitely. You, you said something. I don't want that to go over people's heads. You said, when I'm going on tour. Yeah. We can't take that lightly. Like We've watched comedians. We've watched people do sketches on social media. Definitely. And they can't transi transition to the next thing. Yeah. Because being on, front of, in, on stage in front of a crowd is totally different than being in your basement making a skit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Talk, talk about that, man, because that's an incredible feat. No, yeah, the stand-up thing is, is is totally different. When I first started doing stand-up in 2015, I thought just because I was famous that I I could do stand-up. But man, I tell you, you could have heard, you could have heard. Can I cuss on here? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> 21 and over, don't worry. All right, cool. But it, when I first started doing stand-up, you could have heard two mice having sex. It was so silent in there. 
And then I started to go back to the comedy club. I was like, no, I really want to be funny for real. I ain't just want to be social media funny. But now that I'm eight years in with stand-up, it took me eight years just to get my stand-up where it is now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But it's definitely, it's definitely a hard process. That stage, because like with the skits, I can go back and reshoot that. On the stage, it's like right now, you got to be funny right now. Like how people standing me right now, you got to be funny right now. <laughs> or they not coming back to see you. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the difference. So, Vezo, let me ask you this. As far as a label owner, what was your process in starting a label? And... What some of the challenges, as opposed, an artist is one thing, but managing people and signing artists is a whole different thing. So what's that look like for you being a label owner? Managing people is, that's the hardest part of owning a record label. You know what I mean? Trying to, it's hard to get other artists and other people to kind of not say, not to say think on the level that you own, but to, just to think, you know, more, more. I don't know, just to, it's hard getting people to just be on the same page, bro. You know, you got to worry about accounting for what people do when you're not around them. You get what I'm saying? Like, I'm worried about my artists getting in trouble, what they got going on in the streets and all that type of shit. That's the hardest thing to that shit, bro, is, is just dealing with dealing with artists. You know what I mean? Like, worrying about everything. that Everything they got going on pretty much become your problem. But as a boss, you got to be prepared for that. You know what I mean? You got to be prepared to help guide people throughout their everyday problems and their everyday life. Because that shit always fall off into the business side of that shit. You know what I'm saying? You said that, and this is for both of you, you said that Detroit has a sense of hustle. And there's a sense of entrepreneurship here. So I'm wondering... Outside of the music and outside of the entertainment spaces, are, what are the entrepreneurial journeys that you're looking at? Is investing in real estate? Like, what are some of the things that y'all have looked at over the past five years since the ascension of, of your careers? It's definitely uh, real estate. And um, I think real estate is really, like, the biggest uh, form of income outside of what I already do. You know what I mean? Because, like, I always tell my manager, like, I ain't going to be pretty forever. I'm going to have to need something to fall back on. You know what I mean? This ain't going to last forever. So when this is over, I want to have something to, you know what I mean, fall back on. Yeah, for me, I, I fuck with the real estate. But uh, my second biggest stream income outside of music is movies. Oh. I, I produce movies and, and I act in them as well. My Me and my wife just opened up a juice bar, too, called Fresh and Press. Amazing. You know I mean? So that's a good market to be in. And the reason why I want to invest in that because it's something that she really liked. She really loved it. It, ain't, it wasn't just a money grab. It's something that's genuinely in her heart. She really got the insight and the knowledge about that. And I think that's important when you when you uh, invest in businesses. You don't want to just do shit just to do it. You want to be able to do something that you're going to be interested in, that you got the drive there to actually grow that business. Because if, no, if it ain't no drive there for that business or whatever it is, then to me, I, I feel like it wouldn't work. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We, we met your wife yesterday, and we, we tasted the product. The juices is amazing. Um, what's that process as far as working with your spouse? Or working That's something that a lot of times people will, like, stay away from that. Like, don't mix a relationship and business. You obviously have done that. So what's your thought process in that? I just stay out of her way, man. <laughs> I let her do what she got to do. I, I I believe in her. You know what I'm saying? I trust her decisions. I trust her judgment, her opinions, everything that she got going on. I fully believe in her. It's not just the business that she chose to invest in. I'm investing in her as a human being. You know, so whatever she got going on, I know it's going to work because she trusted me as well, you know? Yeah, it's all. It's that, tr it's that trust word. That's what got me was the word trust. I got to build that trust up, too. I like that, that word trust. I like that. So, how you you buying real estate in Detroit? 
Yeah, well, well, right now, me and my uh, team, we focusing on uh, buying a comedy club. We're trying to open up a comedy club in the D. I mean, like you say, it got to be something that your heart is truly invested in. And, you know, I do comedy, so I, I, obviously I always be in a comedy club, and I know I'm going to put 110% in it, so definitely. Yeah, so you got the comedy club. Vezo, you got the label. When you're looking for the next set of talent or the, the, the next entrepreneur, what are the things that you're looking for in the comedian, in the artist to say, like, that's somebody special, that's somebody we need to invest in them and watch their future blossom? I'm looking for dedication, you know what I'm saying, that hustle, that ambition, and that drive. That's, the, that's what I look for. Yeah, definitely, like, somebody who just... No matter what's going on, or if you had 2 million followers or 3 million followers, you still got that same grind before anybody even knew your name. Mm. Like, I still got that same grind before anybody knew me as high day. It was like, you can ask anybody that know me. Some days I wake up and I be losing my mind. Like, I got to put out content, even though I know I'm big already. Some, that don't even sit in my mind. I be like, I need to put out content. I'm trying to, I got I got somewhere I, I want to be. You know what I mean? It ain't never been about who I was today. I got I got to put this time in for who I want to be in the future. You're not trying to be in that basement anymore. No, I can't go back to that basement. <laughs> yeah, them basement days is over. Hey, I really watched bro come up in real life. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, in real life. When him and Snoop met, I, when he said they was on 8 Mile, I was yeah. with him that day. No, I, I watched bro. I watched him come up. He had the same mindset, yeah. the same drive, the same plan. Most importantly, he was the same person. Yes, sir. That's why bro still turned. That's why he's successful because he stayed oh. humble. All right, so this is the interesting. This, this is interesting, right? So you've watched his journey. I wonder, have you? Is it the same team around? Because a lot of times, as we ascend, right, there might be new people that come into it that can add to it. There might be people that are not no longer a part of it. Yeah. What was your? What was the team like when you started? Are they still around? Like how? How do y'all manage that? Yeah, the team still. For me, the team still around. A lot of people. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people, you got you to gotta let go because a lot of times people get money hungry. A lot of times people try to snake you out. You know what I mean? But the people who was loyal to me, they still here today. But a lot of people have come and went, too, at the same time. My manager right there, she's been my manager since I started rapping. That's fire. She's still here. But like bro say, like, you know, when, you don't never owe anybody nothing. That's what y'all always got to remember. As soon as y'all get some paper, you're not obligated to stay with nobody. If that relationship don't make sense, if that business don't make sense, then get rid of it. You will fall with them if you feel like you owe anybody anything. You got to think for yourself. You got to think for your future. You got to think for your family and your kids and all them. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times with me, I seen me having a couple of dollars. It didn't really change me. It really changed the people that was around me. You know what I'm saying? So I had to get rid of a lot of motherfuckers. That's real. So let me ask you this. As far as Detroit, right? Somebody said the other day, yesterday to us, it was like the comeback city. And um, I was like, what do you mean the comeback? I didn't really understand it. And Ernest, what's up? Look, you want to have a seat at the table, but what if you want a seat at an award show, a seat at Fashion Week, or a seat with the board of directors for a cause that excites you? A career that puts you in the driver's seat, where your passions become your purpose. Do you love the world of music, the excitement of high fashion, or perhaps you're driven by a desire to make a difference? No matter your passion, accountants are helping to lead the way to keep the music playing, the runways alive, and communities thriving. Imagine being an accountant working in the music industry, working closely with your favorite artists on their financial strategies. Or picture yourself as an accountant working in fashion, an essential part of the production process, helping designers thrive? Or how about an accountant working with nonprofits, impacting the community by guiding fiscal decisions? 
Deloitte's Making Accounting Diverse and Equitable, or MADE, is here to help you seize that seat. They're redefining accounting, especially for high school and college students, with a core focus on making a difference. If you're on the hunt for a career where your passion meets potential, take a moment to visit Deloitte Made's website at DeloitteMade.com. Wherever important decisions are being made, accountants are helping to lead the way. The future of accounting starts with you. Earners, what's up? You ever wonder what's around the next corner? What happens if you push just a little further? With Nissan SUVs, you're equipped to take your adventure to unimagined levels. Imagine the possibilities with a Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada. Go ahead, find your next big adventure. And while you're out there exploring the unknown, the class-exclusive Google built-in becomes your ultimate co-pilot. No need to fumble with your phone. With Google Assistant, Google Maps, and the Google Play Store integrated into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue, your journey becomes seamless. Ask for directions, stream your adventure playlists, or send messages hands-free, all while keeping your focus on the adventure ahead. This just isn't any drive. It's a journey powered by innovation, where the road less travel isn't just seen, it's experienced. The 2024 Nissan line aren't just SUVs. They're your gateway to adventure, equipped with the tools you need to explore every corner of the world around you. Nissan, dare to do what others don't. Visit your local Nissan dealer or NissanUSA.com to find out more and take the first step into your next adventure today. They were saying, like, you know, it had a lot of adversity. People counted yeah. it out, but now it's on the rise again. Yeah. So what what's your thoughts on the current state of Detroit and where do you see the city going? For me, I think the city coming back. Like, even with our downtown, you see the downtown on fire. The Detroit Lions, I know we finna do this year. Our football team is back. You know what I mean? Uh, even with the rap game, like the rap game, the Detroit rap scene is on top right now. Like, me watching Bezo, uh, Peasy, uh, Babyface, all them rap for five to ten years, and they finally getting their just do, man. That's powerful. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Detroit rap scene is finally getting their just do. Any state I go to, I, I hear Bezo, I hear Peasy, I hear Babyface, I hear all them really on top. So, that's for me, that's what, what I feel. I feel like that's what's bringing Detroit back right now. What's your thoughts, bro? I feel the same way. I think Detroit turned right now. You know, I think we're on a good path. We just got to stick to it. You know what I mean? We got a lot. It's always room to grow for any city, any business. It's always room to grow. But for the most part, we're doing what we're supposed to do. And it's only going to get bigger. You know what I'm saying? We came a long way, bro. A real long way. This is true. I wonder when y'all watch the rap scene, right? When you talk about all these artists, you said PZ, Babyface, even Sean and M. Well, y'all watching other cities saying, look, they didn't do it right. They didn't work together. This is what we can do to make sure that we represent our city and make sure that the world can recognize us as a city. Like, are y'all working together on that uh, level of thought? We for sure was thinking like that. Me, Peas, and Ray, we used to be a rap group called Team Eastside. You know heard heard about that, yes. Yeah, we was a rap group. We rapped together for some years, and we set out a plan, and everything that we're doing now, we, we we talked about it. We wrote it down, you know what I mean? We had meetings about it, and we made it, we made it happen. I always look for what, what the person before me had done wrong so I can not do the same thing that they did, you know what I mean? So I think it's important that you look at what's, what somebody else ain't doing right so you don't make the same mistake. Make some noise for Ha Ha Davis and Icewear Vezo, yes, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate these guys, man. All right, we're not done yet, so we're going to bring up the Honorable Hill Harper, 
I'm very excited about this conversation. Every time we talk to Hill, it's a bunch of gems and a, inf- a lot of information. Obviously, he has a lot going on right now. Uh, Detroit native. Yes. Somebody that, um, you know, has done a lot for the city. means a lot. And um, has a lot of knowledge from crypto to everything, really. Yeah, I mean, he's Harvard educated. Before we bring Hill up, I just want to give a shout out. Yesterday, we had the opportunity to uh, sit down and talk to about 100 alumni of uh, Allies Future Moguls program. Are they here? Are our Future Moguls there? Are they right here? So I want to shout out to them. They did a, a collaboration. This is the fifth anniversary of the Future Moguls. So shout out to y'all. We spoke to y'all about networking and making sure that y'all come together. So the fact that y'all here is important. Clap it up from there one more time. Shout out to Ally. I think they've raised over 700,000 for scholarships for these young adults. So again, shout out to y'all for being here. I see a bunch of HBCUs represented. No, I didn't plan, I didn't plan that. I, <laughs> shout out to y'all. All right, let, let's bring up none other than Hill Harper, my brother. Come to the stage. How good I feel. I just want to tell a quick story, everybody. Years, years ago, I was in Los Angeles at the time. Uh-huh. I, re- we, I, I don't know who, how we got connected, but we went to lunch. <laughs> yes. We went to lunch. Do you remember where we went to lunch? We were in Beverly Hills. Bel Air. Bel Air. We were in Bel Air. We were in Bel Air. We went to lunch at the Bel Air Hotel. Yes. And you remember what we ate? Oysters. And lobster salad. (laughs) And these brothers said, this is real, real talk. He said, man, this is the first time I had a lobster salad. But y'all are doing so well. Very very Hollywood. Listen, give it up for these two because they have built literally a multi, multi, multi million dollar empire that has created jobs. It's created opportunity. It's created multiple opportunities for people all the way down on multiple levels. And that's exactly what entrepreneurship is. That's exactly what happens when we support our own and we amplify people to allow them to create jobs all the way down the food chain. And so I just give it up to you, brothers, for what you do. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So let's get into this. I want to start with crypto, shall we? Let's start. So, um... We were talking upstairs. XRP, any XRP enthusiasts in the building? Okay, okay. So they had an interesting ruling with the SEC, and that is interesting how this is going to affect the landscape of cryptocurrency. I know you're a crypto. It is. You're a crypto enthusiast. So, what's your thoughts on the current state of crypto, and specifically how the XRP ruling could, you know, translate to the whole entire space? Well, we're, we're coming out of a crypto winter. And uh, and the XRP ruling is very interesting because just to break it down real quick, people who, who may not know, the, the, the SEC was trying to have XRP, the commodity that is the token, the asset, considered a security. And therefore, it would fall under securities law and therefore be illegal for them without the proper licenses, etc., to trade that that asset. But the judge ruled that instead of it being considered, and now the ruling's not final, and we're really talking about what may happen in the future, Mm -hmm. but the potential is that that asset, the judge said, is not necessarily a security, but a commodity, like an orange. So if you have a, a grove of orange trees, you grow oranges, you don't need a license from the SEC to sell those oranges. It's a commodity. And so since this asset was created, 
The question is, is it a security like a stock or is it a commodity like an orange? And if it ends up being ruled to be a commodity, then the floodgates literally will open extremely wide because it'll allow a great deal of assets to flow into the space because it won't be now. Other people argue that the more regulation in the space is better because it's kind of like the wild, wild west. And therefore, you need regulation. And, and both parties are, are correct in a way. But what's interesting about it to me is uh, 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 folks who are holding XRP thought that it was definitely going to go the security route. But it's indicating that it may go the commodity route, which changes people's minds. So you've seen the price, for instance, of XRP jump radically recently, but it's not even traded on Coinbase. Coinbase halted the trading of XRP because it was under sanction by the SEC. Now, if Coinbase starts trading XRP and opens it back up, because a lot of people have a ton of XRP on Coinbase, but it's locked up because you can't even trade it on the, on the platform. If Coinbase opens XRP back up, get ready. Because <laughs> it'll start moving and it'll move fast, but we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, and everybody talks about the crypto. I'm not sure what to, what to do with it. But we were looking at this building behind us, and we said there's hundreds of buildings that look just like this. And if we're talking about this as a comeback city, how do we all take part in this? Can you talk about how crypto can play a role inside of that token economy and how we can own things together? Yes, but, 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 but let, me, let me talk about the city first. Yes. So I chose Michigan. I'm not from Michigan. Right. I came here and I was born in Iowa. I came here in 2011, 12, 13, when there used to be a media tax credit here. I did a couple films. They weren't that good. I'm not going to tell you which they were. Uh, but but. I fell in love with the people. This is the greatest people in the world here. It's a combination. It is. And I said to myself then I didn't have a, a child then. I said to myself, when I have kids, I'd rather have them grow up like people here than people in Hollywood. And the reason why you will not meet a black person in Detroit does, does not have a good sense of themselves. It doesn't exist. Now, some of them don't have good sense, but those are two different things. <laughs> but when we think about this city and the greatness of the city and the legacy of this city, it's about ownership. And I want to be careful about what I say, but in many ways we may have gotten somewhat away from that, but tokenization can bring us back to that. And so to answer your question, if we tokenize that building behind us, mm -hmm. it opens up the access for actual ownership in a smaller fractal share way when maybe one of us or two of us don't have the down payment and we know how they redline, they know how less than 1% of major bank lending goes to our community. So even the idea that you're going to get a loan for that building may not even happen. But if we're able to tokenize that building and I could go to you and you and you and you and you and say, how many tokens of that do you want? Oh, you can do 10, you do 20, you do 40, you do 10, you do two, you do five, you do seven. All of a sudden we collectively own that structure and we don't let other outside forces like what happened in Harlem, as an example, developers came in, beautiful brownstones. They bought them. They boarded them up. They did not create affordable housing. They boarded them up. They choked the community. Community services start closing. Cleaners close. Grocery stores close. Food deserts are created. Nobody wants to live there. Everybody leaves. It's vacated. Then en masse, they come back and develop it, but they don't sell it back to us. 
right? So we can disrupt that type of activity because you look at that building, most of the windows are boarded up. Mm -hmm. Someone's choking out that building because they could be redeveloping and creating affordable housing, but they're not. They're trying to choke it out and then bring other people in. We can disrupt that through tokenization by getting into and access to the asset at a lower individual cost, but the only way that works is if we do it collectively, which we haven't been taught to do in our community. We've been taught to compete with each other, but not work collectively. Yes, for sure. So let's talk about artificial intelligence. And a lot of people are scared of it, say it's a major threat, especially to our community. It's going to take, they said, over 360 million jobs worldwide over the, the next 10 years. And, you know, this is the Motor City, and people think of Detroit, and they think of hard labor. But you actually pr provided a different insight when we were upstairs about Detroit, its history of innovation. Can you just kind of explain what you said to us? It's very insightful what you said. So... Detroit and this area was, was the most innovative place in the world. It was the Silicon Valley back in the day. And to me, you know, I was fortunate enough to buy the Fisher Mansion, which is right up the street. I mean, that's the Fisher building. You can see it if we didn't have this screen right here, the, the you know, building with the green top. The Fisher family was the richest family in America because of innovation. Henry Ford goes to Charles T. Fisher and says, hey, man, because remember, Ford used to not be a car company. It was a motor company. It's called the Ford Motor Company. Henry Ford made a motor, an engine. And he goes to Fisher that they made carriages for horses. And he says, man, I need a horseless carriage. And Fisher's like, oh, you need a horseless carriage? Yeah, I'm building a motor so we won't need horses to pull the thing. And that's why the term horsepower came. Because Fisher says... Well, we build the size of the carriage based on how many horses pull it. So how many horsepower do you need it to be built? And so ultimately the Fishers built the chassis for Chrysler, Dodge, GM, Ford, etc. Built amazing wealth. Built that amazing building. While y'all brothers are here going to the lobby, it's one of the most beautiful lobbies you ever see. But the point is, it was a city of innovation, new thinking. And to me... It's the mobility city of the world. And if we use AI and AI mobility to push harder and deeper into that type of technology, this city be can become the mobility capital of the world. Autonomous vehicles, young, independent entrepreneurs that are developing technology. Now, to me, the scary part is, though, that if we're not actually writing the code, if we're not part of the code of AI, then the AI ultimately as it's generative and it's improving upon itself, it starts to write us out of the future of it. So that's why I need any of y'all that are young coders, that are young entrepreneurs, you have to start your company now. Because we're at the nascent part of AI and if you don't start your company now and get into the generative cycle that as you're coding in or typing in prompts for AI and, you're not, and your company's not popping up on it, the AI is not going to be generative for your company. It's just like a new version of a Google search and you're not at the top of the search. We need our companies and our entrepreneurs to be part of the generative process. And since it's in its nascent phase, launch your company now. Don't wait. Do not wait. We need you in it. And this city can be, I believe, the AI mobility capital of the world, autonomous vehicles everywhere, built by us, for us, and we're part of that. Hill, I wonder, you know, 
you you have a, a in-depth history of the city. For the young people out here who are looking to invest, maybe in real estate, what are the areas? Because I know there, there's some labels of historic areas not too far from here. What are the areas that they should be looking at to say, all right, this is an opportunity before everybody comes out to invest in it, we can now invest and make sure that we're at the forefront of this. So my grandmama used to say, I can show you better than I can tell you. So I'm just going to be honest. So I, I bought a building. Uh, Y'all know, you know, you know, in 8 Mile, they shoot up that building with the cow's head on top on Mac. There's like a little ice cream shop on Mac with a cow's head. I bought that building. Don't go mess it up, y'all. Uh, but, but, so I think that whole area around Mac and Drexel and that Chrysler plant that's over there moving towards Gross Point is a great opportunity. Because remember, how many cars are going down Mac, Gross Point, and back? And, and there's not a lot going on there, right? There's a packaged liquor store right there near Mac and Drexel. There's a couple other things but not a lot happening. I believe that corridor is prime for getting a, a, you know, any type of, it could be residential. I'm a big believer in commercial real estate, although downtown commercial real estate is suffering. But that doesn't mean community-based commercial real estate can't thrive. And if there's anybody there out there that's an ice cream entrepreneur, this is real talk, and you have a little bit of money to invest in infrastructure, I'll partner with you on that cow set because it's historically an ice cream shop and I'd like it to be an ice cream shop and the little kids in that neighborhood deserve ice cream. They ain't got no ice cream. They got plexiglass liquor stores and they can buy Fago and Verner's and maybe some Funyuns with snap money. We got to do better, y'all. And it starts with bringing things like ice cream and fresh produce and things like that in the community. So I'm serious. If somebody wants to open up an ice cream shop on Mac, particularly if you know how to do really nice flavors, because uh, 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 I don't know how to do that. We got Let's one. talk. Let's talk. We got one right here. <laughs> um, all right. So my last question is, what's your vision? You felt you, you fell in love with the city of Detroit and the state of Michigan. Where do you see this city and this state going over the next decade? I just want people and more people to choose Michigan like I did. I mean, we're 49th out of 50 in growth. And I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why. So much talent leaves. You grad, most of the top graduates from Grand Valley State, from Michigan State, from University of Michigan, go, keep on going. Western Michigan, Oakland University, they leave. They go to Atlanta. They go to Chicago. They go to Austin, Texas. They go to L.A. We got to keep our talent here. We can't be like LeBron taking the talent to South Beach. <laughs> These guys are so fancy. They're hanging out with LeBron now. <laughs> I see my man somewhere. He got the LeBrons on right there. I see you right there. He talking to somebody, though. <laughs> I, I just shouted out your LeBrons. They're nice. They're nice. I see you. And so, so we have to create more people choosing Michigan and bringing their talents here. And, and let's be clear. This state is poised more than any other state in the country for climate change. 21% of the fresh surface water supply in the world touches Michigan shores. 21%. There's more water here. There's more clean water. There's more opportunity here. There's more intelligence here. There's more hustle here than any state in the country. Yet we are getting smaller and it doesn't make sense. We all have to be ambassadors for this place because I want people to come here. 
I don't want us to keep losing a congressional district. I don't want us to keep fighting over funding for different things that we deserve. And so I believe that you're going to see Michigan really start to grow like you're going to see Detroit start to grow like Austin, Texas has. Because we're going to be creating businesses that attract talent. And I think it's going to happen. But it only happens, like I said, if we collaborate. Dr. King said it well way back then. We are all tied together in a single garment of mutual destiny. My destiny is inextricably linked with yours. And that's why since you all are doing well, you give me permission to do well. And if we do well, you give me permission. And on and on. And to the extent we either tear each other down or build each other up, I believe we build each other up. I mean, it's beautiful. You know who else is here? Who's that? Earn your leisure. And we're going to keep coming back because we understand the importance of being in cities like Detroit, the beauty of Detroit, That's right. and the future for Detroit. So thank you all for coming. Thank you for, for inviting us here. It's been an amazing, amazing time. Uh, and Hill, I know we don't want to take too much of your time. So again, thank you for coming to be a part of this. Uh, earn your, your master's uh, panel. Uh, and that's it for your time, man. I appreciate it. Thank you all. Make God bless noise. you. Thank you. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.